exes. Unless you happen to be one of those people who met your soulmate back at school, you've probably got one or two. The first love, the one your family hated, the one who ran away to Australia and broke your heart. Sure, life might have been smoother sailing without those years of heartache and the lingering threat of running into them in a bar. But without them, how are we supposed to know what we're looking for in a partner? Isn't there something to be said for a little life experience before meeting the one? In an ideal world, of course, all of us would have had all that internal work nicely boxed off before meeting the right person. But what if you meet your person too soon? Say, in your teens, before you've even left home? And how are you supposed to know they're the one when you do meet them, if you've not experienced a little life with anyone else first? I think timing is crucial to a relationship. I probably was the one who was most hurt, I would say. And then he turned around to me and he said, um, if you really wanted to go, you would have gone long ago. And I said, OK, walked out the door, that was it. From The Standard, this is London Love Stories with Katie Strick. Meet Leslie and Alan. My name's Leslie, I'm 69, live in Bromley. Um, I'm a retired nurse. My name's Alan Murray, I live in Bromley, I'm 71 nearly, and I'm a retired bus driver of 15 years. Now, let's wind the clocks back a little further than we have with our other love stories so far, to the year 1972. David Bowie has just introduced us to Ziggy Stardust, The Godfather has been released in cinemas, and a Swedish pop group called ABBA has just been formed over in Stockholm. Here in London, Leslie, an 18-year-old bank clerk living with her parents in Streatham, is newly single and entering her disco era. I'd been in a two-year relationship with someone from 16 and we were actually engaged. I got out of that one. At the same time, Alan, a 19-year-old printing apprentice, is living with his family in Southwark and playing lots of, um, sport? And I was enjoying myself. Until I met Leslie. <laughs> then, I, then I had to be, be a nice person. No, you were playing lots of sport. Sportsman, I was playing sport all the time. Anyway, it's a Friday night in May 1972, and Leslie and her friend Sue have decided to go dancing. And there's only one place for it the Cat's Whiskers, a converted ballroom turned nightclub in Streatham, famous for its revolving stage and equally revolving set of Avistas from Audrey Hepburn to the Rolling Stones. And Leslie and her friend Sue, of course. You know, you had um, a a stage with the DJ. Sometimes there used to be live music there. Then you had the dance floor, and then you'd come down a few steps, and then there'd be tables and chairs sort of all dotted around, and the bar would be further back into the club. It was quite plush, I suppose. In its day. In its day. Sue and I used to go to the Cat's Whiskers quite regularly because it was literally down the road from where I live. Um, And we liked to dance. So we'd be, you know, down there every week, boogieing the night away, having a ball. If we met people, great. If we didn't, that was fine. But I can remember sitting there and Alan and Keith were behind us and we both sort of turned round and looked at these two guys looked at each other and I said I like the one on the right 
which was Alan, and she went, oh, that's good, because I like the one on the left, <laughs> which wasn't what normally happened. You normally like the same guy, but we didn't. I can't remember how we got talking. It certainly wasn't you coming up to us, dear. No, it probably wasn't. You must have come and asked us to dance or something. Uh, probably right? Keith, because he was... He was a bit leery. He was leery. I was the quiet one. Alan just st- stood out, I think. It was the way he stood. Very confident. Um, he, his clothes were very smart. And he just, yeah, he just looked very handsome and, yeah. You can see him. <laughs> <laughs> just like now. Nothing's yeah. changed. Yeah. Oh, he did look very smart, very handsome, very clean. Leslie was, I saw her and I thought, bloody hell, she's nice. I mean, I was, I did go out with lots of girls when I was younger, but she just, there wasn't that little sparkle on the tooth you see on the, on the programme, but I thought, bloody hell, you know. So I was quite glad when, I think it was Keith who went over and started talking first, and then I crept in and obviously pushed Keith towards Sue rather than, <laughs> I wouldn't say it was love at first sight. Oh, you fibber. It could have been slightly, but I mean, it was there. Uh, Love at first sight or not, Leslie and Alan get together and exchange numbers before heading home. Theirs quickly becomes your classic whirlwind teen romance. Him picking her up from her parents' house, dates zooming around southeast London on the back of her brother's motorbike, her cheering him on from the sidelines of various sports pitches. One of the stranger highlights of those early relationship months being a time a year into dating, their parents decide to go jetting off on holiday together, without them, just the two couples. Safe to say it was the first and only time they did that. But that's a story for another time. I realised very quickly that Les was the one for me. I don't know if it was the same way around, to be honest, but (laughs) no, I did. Um, Yeah, I was very content. We just clicked. After two years of dating, Alan's friends invite the couple to their wedding. It's the first wedding in their friendship group. And Leslie and Alan wake up with rather more than your standard hangover. And to be honest, it was one of those typical weddings where there was a lot of drink going on. And then the next morning, I found out I was engaged. (laughs) (laughs) He he proposed to me on the coach going home. It had been such a good wedding. And he he probably said something like, um, oh, it's been such a great wedding. I think we should get married. And I went, yeah, okay. (laughs) Leslie and Alan tie the knot themselves 18 months later, just a week after Leslie's 20th birthday, in a big white wedding with a Rolls Royce at a church in Streatham Hill. For a while at least, married life is good. They move into their first house in Addington, a village just outside Croydon, and put off having children for a few years so they can enjoy life together as a young wedded couple. Well, sort of together. Leslie slowly begins to feel isolated out in the suburbs of Croydon, with life away from friends and family for the first time, and with Alan playing some kind of sport most weeknights and weekends, a loneliness creeps in. Generally, because I was sport-orientated and Les wasn't, we just slowly started drifting. And that's basically what happened. We just got to that position where we... uh, More so for Les than me. I was quite happy with the situation. Yeah, but you're not... You never talk about how you feel. 
Yes, you, I don't you, show my emotions. You don't show your emotions, and you, you'll still like it today. But then, it, I needed that support. I think probably more because I was stuck out in the country, so to speak, as it was then, more or less by myself. And at the time, Alan's friend, who actually lived on the same estate that we lived on, who was much older than us. A um, very good friend of Alan's was going through a really rocky time. Um, marriage was going down the tubes. He was drinking, and that had a big effect on Alan. Big, big effect on Alan. But he would never vocalise it. So I would feel as though he was pulling away from me because of the situation that was going on around us, and. That made me feel insecure, and then, you know, I'd start going out with my friends more. I'd start going out with other people more, just dancing, restaurants, all just other stuff that I would be doing.、Um, and yeah, slowly you start pulling away from each other. Things eventually come to a head in the summer of 1977. Well, I think we'd been niggling at each other for. A few weeks. I think Les is the brave one. She was the one who decided we should separate. Because although things weren't good, I was still being me at the time, and Les is the stronger one. And I think it was Les who said, "Right, I'm moving out." That particular day, I felt that Alan had pushed me into a corner, and I either had to go one way or the other. Um, and I can remember it quite clearly. I was doing the ironing, and we were having this conversation. And he turned around to me and he said,、um, "If you really wanted to go, you would have gone long ago." And I said, "Okay." Put the iron, walked out the door. That was it. I was upset that she didn't finish the ironing. It is. <laughs> 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 Seriously, that's probably true. <laughs> probably, I think we got to a point there where relief that a decision had been made, and I wasn't the one who made it. I just got to the point where I thought maybe it's for the best. Let's take a quick break. In part two, life after marriage, and the thrill of a second chance. Leslie and Alan decide to separate in the summer of 1977, and both react differently to the end of their five-year relationship. Alan up sticks and travels through Asia, America, and Australia, while Leslie stays in London, quickly finding herself in a new relationship on the other side of town, in Chelsea. I was in a relationship with somebody else for quite a big. Ch- I don't seem to have like short. Relationships. I'm either with somebody or I'm not. And before Alan, I was with someone for a couple of years. Then I was with Alan, and then I was with this other person until I think just after the、um, the divorce came through, because he actually wanted to get married. Because we'd been together for quite a while, he wanted to get married. I never wanted to get married, and I always thought it's once bitten, twice shy. 
But looking back on it, it wasn't, he just wasn't the right person for me. Leslie and Alan keep in touch for a while after the separation. Her pulling some banking strings to get him some foreign currency for a trip he's going on to the States. Contact between them slowly starts to dwindle. But Leslie stays close with his sister, Lorraine. So she always has a rough idea of what Alan is up to. Looking back, Alan admits he isn't proud of the man he became during that particular chapter. I think after the separation, I I wasn't very nice. I I was where Leslie would go into a relationship and it was long term. I just met anyone and everyone, and it's quite not not a very nice person. I don't think. Um, I didn't want to get into a relationship. I wouldn't say played the field because I'm not, not that sort of person, but I did meet a lot of people, but I'm very short. I probably was the one who was most hurt at the separation, I'd say. And perhaps that's probably the way I, I was the way with the women I met. You know, I just kept them at a distance. I just didn't want to get in too deep with anyone. Leslie and Alan's divorce officially comes through on the 20th of March, 1980, just under three years after they decided to go their separate ways. It's what they want, they both think, the right thing to do. Well, until the following January, when Leslie, newly single again from her latest relationship, walks into a pub in Bermondsey on a particular Sunday night. I'd gone out for a, for a drink with Alan's sister that lunchtime and I was due to go out that evening but the plans got changed. So I just said to Lorraine, why don't we just carry on? Which is what we did. And then we ended up in the Fellmongers pub and Lorraine and I were just sitting there having a quiet drink and then in walks Alan. I'm sitting there, he's walked past me, turned round, did a double take, walk, walked onto the bar and it was like, was that her? <laughs> I was surprised, you know, um, I wasn't expecting her to be there. But I walked in and thought, bloody hell, what's she doing here? And then I saw my sister sitting next to her and I, I, I was under the impression Lorraine had planned it, but I've always said that would happen. Walked over and said hello. The way we got on, it reminded me of when you've got a really good friend and you don't see for a long time. It was really exciting to see Alan. He hadn't really changed. I, I didn't think he'd changed. He was the same person. And we just, it was like I'd seen him yesterday and we'd met up again that day. It wasn't as though there'd been a big gap with all that rubbish in between. After that night, the last few years sort of didn't exist. Call it a chance encounter or perhaps a strategic plan by Alan's sister. But Leslie and Alan are back together and picking up right where they left off, minus the ironing board tussle. They're the same people who'd fallen in love nine years earlier, in many ways. But also different. Their history shaped not only by each other, but their time apart with other people. Alan was definitely more confident. Definitely more confident. 
yeah, it's probably... more. Um... Well, I was a bit older. I mean, when we first met, I was, I wouldn't say I was a mummy's boy, but mum looked after me. I got fed at home and all the rest of it. The second time, you I were did... a man. Yeah, I'd grown up. Dating your ex-husband or wife might sound like a recipe for disaster to many of us, but for Leslie and Alan, it felt like everything had fallen back into place. So are they worried at this point about the cracks that had eventually broken their relationship the last time? Oh, yeah, it is in the back of your mind. It is in the back of your mind. Um, because you don't... Because I knew that I'd hurt Alan so much the first time, you've, you've got to be very aware of not only Alan's feelings, but the feelings of the extended family as well. Because they, they all got hurt. Mm. Um, so yeah, you're you. I was very aware. Very well, my aware my of, mother was. Well, yeah, your mum wasn't too. Was not um, too happy about the idea. No. Um, but I think I was stronger then, and I wasn't going to make the same mistakes. After buying a second house together, this time in Bromley, Leslie and Alan get married again. This time on Valentine's Day four years after their chance encounter and in a smaller, well, pared-down ceremony in Bromley Registry Office with just family present and a fateful sprinkling of snow. They go on to have two children together, James and Liana, and navigate the roller coaster that is life together. Alan losing his printing business, Leslie retraining as a nurse in her 50s, and a particularly terrifying period in March 2020. I was in hospital three years ago because it was in the height of COVID and we couldn't see each other and Alan didn't think I was going to come out it was a really rough time for Alan Um, and the only way we could communicate was via phone which I didn't have at the time it was only after two and a half weeks of being in hospital that he managed to get a phone to me and then we would talk and I could just hear in his voice how the separation was affecting him Um, and that was pretty tough that was pretty tough she went in for one thing emergency operation then she got Covid on top Les don't remember the first three weeks she was in hospital Um, yeah it was difficult you know my son was home with me come home Um, yeah it was difficult period all round for everyone Um, we've been lucky you know extremely lucky there's a lot of people during that time we were not so lucky so we were I couldn't imagine my life without you in it no I couldn't imagine my life without you in it (laughs) (laughs) You're my rock. You know, you're Yeah, you're my go-to, my go-to guy. Mm. Always there when you're needed. Oh, I try. Yeah, I try very well, yeah. Clearly, Leslie and Alan have learned to work together over the years since their first marriage. He's more confident this time around. And both have learned what they do and don't want thanks to dating other people. So what about the communication, that key relationship element Alan struggled with so much during their first marriage? Has that got better? 
I'm still very private. Um, I don't show my emotions. Although I'm, <laughs> I'm very emotional. I mean, I can cry at a Christmas film, me. But, you know, certain things, no. I don't like to show... Um, I'm not saying it's a weakness, but it's just the way I am, basically. Yeah. You know, and I know Les has always said, talk to me, explain it to me. And I'm very much like my mum, you know. You know, if something's not right, you know, get on with it. Simple as that, you know. You know, where nowadays people do talk about things they get express themselves to whatever and I think I'm very similar to the old fashioned way of pull your socks up you know if you're feeling a bit down you know pull your finger out I'm not saying it's the right way but it's just the way I was I was brought up I can't change the way Alan is he's always been this way and he's going to stay this way and I just have to accept it and I I think I'm probably better at reading the signs when I know that there's something going on in his head, that he's a bit worried about something or something just isn't right. And I'll say, what's up? And if he says nothing, instead of keep badgering him like I probably used to, I don't. I tend to leave it because I think if he wants to tell me, he will in his time when he's ready to. Learning to respect each other's quirks. That's what Leslie and Alan's second marriage has taught them. She feels sad for their younger selves when she thinks about it. The pressure to get married young before starting any kind of sexual relationship or moving in together. They didn't have time to get to know each other, to grow into each other the first time. Society pressured them to walk down the aisle first. She's glad that's all changed now for her children's generation, but recognises there are downsides to modern dating too. I don't think you can find true love in a tick box. You know, I have seen Love Island and I do not get that programme. I will not watch it. But it's, what's it all about? Just how you look, how big your boobs are, how big your willy is. You know, I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Trust, laughter, a chemistry you can't put into words. Those are the ingredients that Leslie and Alan have found in each other and believe are crucial to any good relationship. Oh, and that other often forgotten ingredient of timing. I think timing is crucial to a relationship, I think. You know, we met when we were very young. And even though we loved each other, it wasn't the right time for us. I think we had to grow up, find out where we wanted to be, who we wanted to be. And then we met each other again at the right time. When we got back together again, it was, okay, this this is it now. 50 years since their love story first began, Leslie and Alan are enjoying their retirement together as grandparents and will forever be grateful they found their way back to each other. It normally comes out when people say to you, oh, how long have you been married? And then you'll say, the first first time time or the second second time? time. Not all of us get another shot at a relationship. And even if we do, not all those second shots work out. 
but happily for Leslie and Alan and their grandchildren, theirs did. And they can laugh about that ironing incident now. It turns out they were always each other's person, after all. They just needed to grow into each other first. I just can't sort of should be lucky that I've got Satan chance. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. It's as simple as that. I suppose if you if you get a second chance, grab it with both hands. Mm. Run with it. And that's it from this episode of London Love Stories with Katie Strick. If you've got a love or dating story in the capital, then please drop us an email at londonlovestories at standard.co.uk. See you next time.